Today on episode number 517 of the School of Podcasting, I've got a cool free resource to help you get more guests for your podcast or to be a guest on another website. We got a podcast rewind, which will actually maybe have me changing my mind about new and noteworthy. And we're going to see what can we learn from the greatest boxer of all time that can relate to podcasting. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is what we do. We talk about all things podcasting, from planning to promoting, all points in between. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you face your fears and flatten that learning curve and get you on the road to, well, iTunes and all points beyond. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com, and as I speak right now, Registration is now open, now through the end of June. So if you want to get in, now's the time to do it. Otherwise, the doors will close for two more months. I'm excited. We've already had a couple people sign up. And what's happening now is I'm getting people who are really, really, you know, they really want to jump into podcasting. Not the person that's not sure if they're going to do it or not. We have people who are like, yes, tell me what to do. I'm ready to roll. And if that's you, Use the coupon code LISTENER and go over to schoolofpodcasting.com and sign up. Now, before we get into this free resource for, that will help you actually get guests or be a guest, let's do one of these. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. Yes, I appeared on the Podcasters Roundtable with uh, the usual cast of suspects. That's uh, Ray Ortega's show, and then myself and Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. Ray Ortega, of course, from PodcastersStudio.com. We had George Whitman and Ian Robinson, and it was kind of a hodgepodge of different topics. But we got into one of my favorites, you know, how much I just, if you're new to the show, people focus insane amounts of effort on new and noteworthy. And I'm just not convinced that you get a lot of bang for your buck here. And we got on that topic. And uh, here's the interesting thing. Let me play you the clip. Because I tell people a lot that, you know, getting into new and noteworthy is important. When I read Daniel's post, I was like, you know, if somebody reads this, they're going to think that I'm like lying to them about this. You know, Why I mean? is it important? That's the question. That is the question. Just because... The getting to the top of the front of the iTunes page. Okay, let, let me give you important. this example, okay? Somebody hands me a trophy, and they go, uh -huh. congratulations, Dave. You're the best podcaster in the... the Dave, I'll uh, hold up my trophy okay. for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dave, but that actually means something. This one does not. You are the top podcaster in the Hunter Lakes Apartments allotment, and I bought this for 20 bucks. Does it mean anything? No. So that's the whole thing. If you said, oh, when I'm number one in new and noteworthy, mm -hmm. I got X amount of downloads that stayed. Okay. So that's the whole thing. What does it mean to be at the top? What, why is that important? I don't understand how anybody could think that it's not important. Like, but why is it important? I well, can I chime in. Maybe it's because maybe it's, uh, if you are trying to garner, um, uh, sponsors. Okay. What if you're not sponsored? Why is it important? If you're not sponsored? Oh yeah. Well, if you're looking for sponsors, you can show them a picture of you at the top of the list. You could Photoshop that. Yeah, you could. The other thing that you can do by getting somebody to the top of new and noteworthy, you can prove that if you're a person that says, if you, if you charge people to get them to the top of new and noteworthy, you can now say, see, I delivered value. Hmm. 
It's a fun yeah. conversation. We, I, I think we could probably go oh, a whole I, hour. Yeah. <laughs> and so probably. here's what I've kind of changed about this. When it comes to Ian Robinson in this case, he helps people launch podcasts as well, but he helps high, high profile people launch podcasts. So these are people that have like, if I said, you know, Herb Sherbert is starting a podcast, you'd be like, who? But Ian might have somebody that's technically a celebrity that if I said their name, you'd be like, oh man, I can't really, that's cool. And this is, I think the difference People that have name recognition, a show, a TV, something like that, that people go, oh, wow, that's cool. They're starting a podcast. That, I think, plays more into the whole new and noteworthy game than if I start a show or you start a show. Somebody who we're starting from ground zero. We have no radio experience in some cases. We have nothing. And we're starting from ground zero and we're learning our, you know, and that's where I think anybody can go up the charts of new and noteworthy. And again, I truly believe all you have to do is have a pulse, but I I think it's the people that are already somewhat high profile that get to the top. And the people that do get to the top, I think might have a bit more of a bump. Now, does that mean you shouldn't try to be a new and noteworthy? No, not at all. Any bump is a good bump. But I'm just saying again, I see people, the thing that really bothers me is I see people that have a great show, they're impacting their audience, and they will literally burn it to the ground because why well, didn't get to the top of new and noteworthy, and that's just ridiculous. So, uh, but I, I do love the fact that he I, again, I've said this, I can't get anybody to to give me before and after new and noteworthy numbers. Even Ian wouldn't kind of uh, give those. I want to kick myself in that clip. I kind of interrupt. Uh, where he was going. I wish I would have just shut my big fat mouth in that case. But uh, the other clip I have here, I was on the Super Joe Pardo Dreamers podcast. Here's a clip from that. The brain doesn't yeah. stop. And, and I'm no. sure you feel the same way, Dave, that, you know, when you go to sleep at night, your brain doesn't just like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. It's like, it has to be like willed into going to sleep. Like Actually, I'm, I'm the opposite. What I do is I stay at my computer until I fall asleep. So when I wake up there, I'm like, okay, my body's telling me it's going to sleep. The problem is, is if I wake up at whatever, six in the morning or something like that, and I give, if my eyes are open enough, or if I roll over what, and my brain kicks into gear, it's all over. Once the brain wakes up, it's done. I'm done. It's time to get up. Because it's like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll think about it in a second. I'm just going to go back to sleep. It's like, no, you're not. Your brain's awake. And it's like, what if I did this? And I wonder if this theme would work with that. And it's, if we're done. Yes. It's so true. And then like the phone's right there and it's like, hey, hey, Joe, hey, Joe, pick me up. You know, there might be emails in there that you haven't yeah. seen yet. You know, yeah. there might be messages while you were sleeping. And Joe is the guy behind Podcast Minute Atlantic. If you go to podcastminatelantic.com slash SOP, you can sign up for that. That's going to be in New Jersey later on this year. And I'm also next month. It's a month away, basically, as we listen to this podcast movement. If you use the coupon code SOP40, you can uh, save on your ticket and I will see you in Chicago. I'll be speaking. I'll be doing a Q&A session there. But the other one I want to make sure to mention is if you are on the other side of the pond, you've got to go to New Media Europe. It's at newmediaeurope.com. I feel bad. I haven't promoted this a lot because I'm not speaking there. I'm not going there. 
But that by any means does not mean this is not going to be a great event. This is put on by Mike and Isabella Russell. And I did have some folks, I need to contact Mike and see if they're going to have a virtual ticket because there are a lot of people that can't go to that in the same way that a lot of people on that side of the pond can't make it to podcast movement. There are a lot of people in the U.S. that can't make uh, New Media Europe and we'd like a virtual ticket. So I have to talk to Mike and see if they're going to do that. I'm sure they would. They would be uh, silly not to. But uh, right now, uh, New Media Europe, they're a little underbooked. And what happens is when you do these events, you have to tell a hotel to get a kind of a discounted rate. We plan on bringing X amount of people. And then what happens is, is if you don't fill up those hotel rooms, you end up eating them, meaning they're going to have to take out a loan to help pay for this. So if you've been on the fence about going to New Media Europe, please go because I have picked up co-hosts. I have created relationships that later led to phenomenal interviews on my show. I've learned about great products. I've learned about strategies. And the other great thing about going to a podcast event is the fact that for two days, three days, however long they are, you're around people who have the same goals, the same likes as you. And that's really such a nice thing to to have. That you don't have to go around and explain. It was kind of like a radio show, but it's online. So those are some events. And again, if you're across the pond, definitely look into newmediaeurope.com. I recently heard about a new resource and I actually used it. It's called podcastguest.com. And I really wasn't sure what to expect. And I went over and signed up. And you basically can say, this is the kind of guest I'm looking for. And you can also register as this is the kind of person I am. So if you want to be found to be a guest on other people's show. And uh, I signed up and I basically said, I was looking for people who could answer the question because of my podcast, blank. Because of my podcast, I am now blah, 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 right? And I got over 15 responses, and most of them are good. It was interesting that some people just kind of cut and paste the same old thing they've put into so many people. And the one that I'm kind of confused on is people keep telling me how successful they are in business. That would be awesome if this was a business show. It's not, and it's like, I don't know, it's just... I'm all about connecting with your audience. I'm all, it's just, okay, and I've done this and I've done that. Great. Nobody's, always remember to connect the dots. If you are pimping yourself to another podcast to say, here's why I think I would be a good fit. And that shouldn't be because I'm successful. Okay. That, that That's something, ugh. And uh, so I got over 15 responses from podcastguest.com. What this does is they're just using Google Forms. And you go over and you, you know, they basically set it up and then they have a newsletter that goes out and people can, if they meet that need, they can go over and say, yes, I would like to be interviewed. And so I went over and uh, was checking it out. And, you know, I have uh, Nicole Holland from the Business Building Rockstar Show because of my podcast. I've been able to add value not only to my audience, but also to my guests. It's helped me quickly gain the attention of respective industry leaders that I had no previous connection to. 
All right. Pretty good answer. There are some of these, though, that people didn't even answer that question. It's just like, I'm successful. Look at me. I'm a big shot smarty pants. And I'm like, not really sure how that fits. Um, You know, here's the person. um, I lost over $80,000 in commissions when the company I was working for went bankrupt. And like most 20-year-olds, I thought the gravy train would never end. And I spent well beyond my means. I spent money like I already had the $80,000. Since then, I spent seven years failing. Fortunately, each time I failed, learning something big. Those hard times led me to doubling my salary, launching a five-figure consulting business, and more importantly, I landed my dream job doing what I love in marketing. I now teach people how to find their passion, take action, and create a life they will love. Okay, so here again is somebody who has a, it's a great story, but what you know, did does does your podcast help your business? Do you see what I mean with this? And it's one of those things that I just had dinner with Ray Gooch. Ray is an awesome guy. He took my uh, podcasting in six weeks class uh, a couple years ago, and uh, is still killing it. And uh, what was really nice about it, he was uh, coming from uh, I believe he's down near Dayton, and he's going to be doing some teaching in um, Cleveland. And he said, hey, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. And I said, oh, dude, we got to do dinner. And he Ray is a, a guy that if you ever are unemployed, he can definitely help you with your resume and things of that nature. And so if somebody asks you a question and you give an answer, you might want to make sure you're answering the question that they asked you. Because in this case, the person that this person with the that lost $80,000 never answered the question because of my podcast. Just to me, you see what I mean? It's like, okay, but what does that have to do with podcasting? Before I forget, uh, Ray's website is Job Search That Works. So it's an interesting tool, podcastguest.com. It is not new in terms of this idea. There are, uh, there's help a reporter out. So at podcastingresources.com, under content creation, there are guest booking services. And you'll see there's... um there's actually a class on how to get radio interviews. There's uh, help a reporter out. There's interview connections. That's my buddy, Jessica Rhodes, uh, interview, va- interview valet, uh, journal requests, uh, media connections, podcastguest.com, and uh, radio guest list. So there are quite a few if you're looking to be interviewed or get interviewed. Podcast guest is absolutely free. It's brand new. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. This might be a slightly, I always say it's going to be a shorter show and then it never is. Uh, What I want to talk about today is Muhammad Ali. And you're like, isn't this a show about podcasting? Bear with me. Uh, He died this week and... Anybody over the age of 40 probably uh, knows Muhammad Ali. In fact, you can probably go anywhere in the world and people will know that name. And that is something that not everybody can do. And so when I was growing up, there were two things that were constant. One, Richard Nixon was president. Two, Muhammad Ali was the champ. Now, Richard Nixon, well, not the greatest president in the world. I do remember this vividly because we were late to swimming lessons. That tells you how long ago it was, uh, because we had to stay home and watch the president resign. But uh, all my life, I I, and here's the other thing I I thought about this in today's world. 
I was allowed to watch his fights as somebody who was probably around six years old at the time. And I was not scarred. I was not worried about, oh, the violence for the children. And I just would watch him and he would beat somebody. And then anytime it ever looked like he might lose, he would come back and win. He just won all the time. And so I think there are things we can learn from Muhammad Ali. And he's so much more than boxing. But here's the the first thing. He knew both sides of boxing. And the first one is, of course, don't get hit. Uh, If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 517, I've actually got a clip where you can see him dodge 21 punches in 10 seconds. He actually put his hands down. Like, go ahead, try to hit me. And the guy just couldn't. He's just swinging like a windmill and Ali is just dodging everything. It's amazing to watch. And then, of course, the other side of boxing is uh, hit the other guy. So don't get hit and hit the other guy. If you do that, you're usually pretty good at boxing. And as a a child, Muhammad would have his brother throw rocks at his head to practice dodging stuff. And uh, it, it was just amazing, again, his ability to not get hit. Now, and then he had incredibly fast hands. There were a couple clips where he would basically have it set up to where he would basically punch at the camera, but his hands didn't hit the camera, obviously, otherwise he would break it. And it was just amazing to see like four or five punches in a second. It was like 1,001. And that was like five or six punches. It was amazing. And you never saw them coming. So two sides of boxing. What are the two sides of podcasting? And the two biggies are number one, and I've said this before, you have to create value. You have to have content in your podcast that impacts your audience in a positive manner. And then number two, you have to intelligently promote it to your audience. And I've said this before, it's kind of a rerun, but my equation is the total number of downloads is the value in the episode multiplied by the amount of effort you put into promoting it. So there were two sides of boxing. There are two big things in podcasting. Then the other one is, especially as a younger boxer, he never stopped moving. He just danced all over the ring. He actually had a thing called the Ali Shuffle where his feet would kind of flip back and forth. It's hard to explain without seeing it visually. And he would do this and then just punch in the face. And it was a way to kind of humiliate and and just kind of uh, let the air out of uh, his opponent. Because it's like, I'm so confident here that I'm going to dance before I hit you. And if you ever actually did stop dancing and stood there for a second, that was bad because that meant you were going to get hit in the face in about a half a second. So you're like, Dave, what does this have to do with podcasting? We have to keep moving. If we are to keep up with all the forms of entertainment that are fighting for the attention of our audience, uh, we need to keep moving and always looking to to get better. I mean, think about it. There are CDs, there's radio, there are DVDs, there's Blu-ray, there's TV, there's cable, there is... Uh, video games, live entertainment. There are all sorts of things that people are choosing to give us their attention. So we have to keep moving. We have to keep looking. We have to always be looking to do better. The other thing is we talk about new and noteworthy. Muhammad Ali was definitely new. In 1964, he won a gold medal. Then he was known as Cassius Clay. Uh, But he did something that most boxers didn't do. You ready? That made him really stand out. 
he spoke. And he not only spoke, he made up these really kind of cheesy poems, and he boasted about how he was going to beat his opponent. Like, if he keeps talking jive, I'm going to take him out in five. Uh, if he's, you know, wants to see heaven, I'll take him out in seven. All these kind of cheesy things. But it was entertaining in the fact that he spoke. Most boxers didn't have the intelligence to put together a full sentence, let alone one that rhymed. And uh, he was a guy that was fighting for the microphone because usually it was like, you know, I'm Howard Cosell. I'm here with Leonard Moon. Leonard, tell me about your prediction for the fight. And he'd be like, my name is Leonard Moon. I don't have the, the brains of an ice cube. Okay, back to you, dick. And it's like, what? Most boxers, you went to the trainer because these people were not known for their uh, master of the English language, shall we say. So he was new. It was like, whoa, this guy really stands out. Then the other thing, when we talk about new and noteworthy, he was truly noteworthy. His uh, first championship, he went up against a guy named Sonny Liston who had been in jail. Like this guy was a thug and he was also the, the champion at the time. He was a huge favorite. Uh, Sonny Liston was supposed to win this fight eight to one. And they had these clips of people outside the before the fight started. Everybody's like, ah, oh, this is, you know, Liston in two rank, two rounds. It was just ridiculous. Everybody thought that Ali not only was not going to win, he had like no chance at all. And what Ali did, which was kind of funny, is again, he talked all sorts of trash. He uh, made his weird poems. And basically just acted like he was nuts. Because as a fighter, the last thing you want to do is beat somebody that's nuts. Uh, one of the things that I have always seen uh, being a musician, playing in in bars and different places where people are at times intoxicated, you have somebody that is 10 feet tall and bulletproof when they're drunk. They'll do anything. And so you get a little crazy when, when uh, you get a little worried when people are crazy. And it actually worked. But... Uh, when Muhammad Ali actually beat this guy who he had no chance of beating, according to everybody, that was noteworthy. And people did indeed take note. And by the way, uh, Muhammad Ali later admitted that he actually did fear Liston. He just acted crazy to intimidate him and it kind of did. So here's the thing. If you want to be new and noteworthy, Here's a novel idea. You have to come up with something new, not easy, and you have to create something that's, well, noteworthy. Think about that, noteworthy, meaning people will take note of this and go, whoa, 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 hold on, what was that again? I've got I've to write this down. I've got to tell somebody about that. Something that will get your audience. If you want to be new and noteworthy, be um, new and, and noteworthy. The other thing was, he was so much more than a boxer. He was a man of integrity. He was drafted to go to Vietnam. And it, this went against his religious beliefs. So the consequences, he said, no, I'm not going. And um, whatever you think of that. But he was like, no, this is against my religious beliefs. So the consequences were they stripped him of his title. They banned him from boxing for three years. Oh, by the way, this happened to be during the height and the prime of his career. And then later, that was overturned by unanimous decision by the Supreme Court. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. But think about that. Think about somebody coming to you going, hey, um, we need you to go do this thing. And if you don't, 
Uh, we're going to take away your microphone. We're going to strip you out of iTunes. We're going to remove your RSS feed. You are done in podcasting. And this is right when you're, you just get your first sponsor. You're in new and noteworthy, the magic unicorn world of new and noteworthy, and they take it away from you. And oh, by the way, you have no job either. You're done. I think most people would go, all right, I'll do it. I don't know. It was just, to me, I was like, wow, that's, that to me is a man of integrity. So as a podcaster, we can stand up for what we believe in, right? We can do that. We can, if we wanted to, sell out to a bad sponsor that doesn't fit our show. And we can kind of go along with the rest of the crowd and do strategies that are, well, maybe less than transparent, maybe a little black hat. You have integrity when you start podcasting, but once you lose it, it's very hard, if not impossible, to get it back. And Muhammad Ali, in boxing, in this case, was a man of integrity. In marriage, not so much, it turns out. Not the most faithful dude on the planet. So he was human, I guess, in a way. He did use his authority for good. He could have taken his money and retired. Instead, one of his biggest fights he had in Africa. Why? Because he wanted to boost the economy. And when he was banned from boxing, he was a speaker at different colleges, and he always embraced diversity. He wasn't, you know, this is during the time of uh, the Black Panthers and the Civil Rights Movement. He wasn't anti-white. He was, he was pro-human, if there was a, such a thing. And um, so how does that apply to podcasters? We need to give back. Right now, we need to support two things. The podcast awards are trying to get funded to keep going. And I know that we all have hundreds, thousands of people listening, and you could go over and give them a buck just to keep them going. If we all gave a buck, and it's a lot to make a system because the other thing is we know that there are going to be people that want to cheat. And to make a system that people can't cheat on is not cheap. So we need to we need to help the podcast awards at podcastawards.com. Hey, and while you're over there, if you don't mind, vote for the School of Podcasting in the education category. Please, 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 please do that. And do that every day from now through June 12th. It would be great. I mean, seriously, greatly appreciated. And then if you're on that side of the pond, do consider going to New Media Europe. Because again, they're kind of struggling right now. And the biggest thing, can I say this? This is selfish of me. I really want them to have one next year so I can go. And I, I'm just, I've never had a chance to go. And I so want to go to New Media Europe. And there are talks that this may be the last one if we can't get some, some people to sign up at the hotel. So we can use our microphone to help people. I'm just trying to help Mike and Todd in this case and Isabella. And we can spotlight those things that need to be spotlighted whether that's helping people that have a cause, helping a podcaster that's trying to grow their audience. We can give back to other podcasters. We don't have to be stingy with the microphone. The other thing I thought, and I didn't learn about this one, is he apologized for crossing a line. He was famous for calling his opponents names, like literally calling them names. He would call them, you know, it's almost like Fred Sanford. He's like, you big dummy. But leading up to one fight, he called uh, his opponent, whose name was Joe Frazier, Ugly Gorilla. Now, everybody laughed at this because we knew he was doing it to basically get under the skin of his opponent. And 
basically he was doing it to increase ticket sales, which it did in both cases. It got under the skin of his opponent and it rose, you know, ticket sales. But Joe Frazier had kids. And think about that. When you see your dad being called a big, ugly gorilla and the kids at school are calling, hey, your dad's a big, fat, ugly gorilla. And so later, Muhammad Ali actually met Joe Frazier's son and apologized to him for that. And then later, he apologized to Joe. And Joe was hurt by all the negative things. It's not easy to have the whole world laughing at you. And um, they have a shot of them actually, um, and Joe Frazier's son explained that they actually hugged it out at the end. They were actually good friends because they kind of ran in the same circles. But for many years, Joe Frazier was hurt by the words of that. And Muhammad Ali was big enough to say, hey, you know what? I, I crossed the line and I was doing it for ratings. I was doing it for ticket sales. And, you know, that that wasn't cool that I, I did that. And as podcasters, we can take words back. I've said things about Audello in the past. Now, I still don't recommend that service, but I did have to, to dial it back. And I once made remarks about an article online that crossed the line of basically fact-related. It was my opinion, and I actually started to attack the person who wrote it personally. As they're like, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, things like that. And I got a little personal, and that's not cool. It's one thing to say a negative thing and say, here's why, here's the fact. But I have since apologized to that person. Um, I've removed the comments from the blog that weren't fact-related, and we've kind of patched things up. So you do have the, the ability to take things back. Now, you can't, by the way, if somebody downloads your episode, you can replace it so people in the future can't get that. But once people download, it's kind of out there forever. So keep that in mind with your words. So those are some things we can learn from Muhammad Ali. Again, know both sides of podcasting. Know, make great content and go out there and promote it. Never stop moving. Always look for ways to to be better. Look at ways to improve your content. Look at ways to get better content quicker, to have that content delivered to you. Um, that could be making relationships, things like that. If you're going to be new and noteworthy, you have to do something new and you have to do it in a way that people want to take note. Be a person of integrity and use your authority for good. Don't do stupid things like Twitter bombing and all the other stupid hacks of the Facebook reviews, those are not of integrity. You know, I'll review your show if you review mine. Great show. Every time I see that review in iTunes, great show. Great. That's what an awesome review. And he apologized for crossing the line. So that is my tribute to Muhammad Ali, my champ. And I do want to remind you that the School of Podcasting is open, you know, and I'm going to save you time and I'm going to save you money by stopping you from buying stuff you don't need. I was doing Ask the Podcast Coach this past weekend. I do that every Saturday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. Just go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And I said, what is, what is your regret? Do you have any regrets as a podcaster? Like for me, I wish I'd made a spreadsheet of all the hosts and all the topics because relying on a WordPress search is, is not, it's not a great tool. And um, one of the people in the chat room said, I regret buying equipment that I don't use. Well, I can help you not do that, basically. And if you think, I don't know if I have a budget. I went around and I looked at other hobbies 
There is a crappy golf course in Kent, Ohio called Green Hills. And I used to go there and golf with my brother. I'm not a big golfer at all. And um, it was uh, $15 for nine holes. And if you did 18 holes, of course, if we do the math, that would be 30. So if you golfed twice a month on the weekends, that would be $60. And most people don't blink at that. And that's without a golf cart. That's just the golf and any kind of to drink, things like that. So keep that in mind. Uh, I went around and, and did some searching. A bowling league, which is multiple, multiple weeks, $15 a week. That's, again, $60 a month. And for podcasting, you can get a podcast going for about $30 a month, about $20 for your, your media hosting and $10 for your web host. And if you want to get more into the details of what it takes to start a podcast, go over to podcastingpuzzle.com. You can sign up for that. And now you can get instant access to that little presentation I have. All I need is your email address. I will not spam you. And uh, if you're interested in that, check it out. Because I get into what does it actually cost to start a podcast. I went to a local bike shop that had a big clearance on bikes that were... um, discontinued or whatever it was, but this big old clearance thing and the cheapest 10 speed bicycle was $410. And so when I say I can get you started with gear as low as $80, maybe a hundred, if you get a pop filter and you could start, if you're doing a solo show, not 400, 100, maybe even less in some cases, I can really save you money. And so people don't sneeze at spending $400 on a bicycle. Now, granted, I can go to Walmart and get a Huffy for a hundred bucks and you can do the same thing. You can go get, you know, a blue snowball and then seven months later, throw it away because you bought the wrong thing. So the school of podcasting has step-by-step tutorials. We have a private Facebook, which is a great place just to bounce ideas off of. It's a spam free zone, by the way. And we also have what I call live office hours. And that's just me being cute because it's a whole school theme. Live office hours means this, free consulting. A couple times a month, I go, hey, here's an hour where I'm going to be here. If you got questions, come and ask me here. You also get premium email support. That's, it's a direct channel to me. And, uh, you know, all that, again, is now open. So if you're interested, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com. Now, write this down, speaking of things that are noteworthy. Use the coupon code LISTENER, L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and you can save when you sign up. Get in there before the doors close. And I look forward to having you on the inside. Thanks so much for tuning in. And um, also, uh, next week I'll be... uh, sharing some insights we've had from people from a couple of the last episodes. I know the last episode I said I was recording it naked and that just meant I was using basically, if you want to hear what a a $60 investment in equipment sounds like, go listen to my last episode, go to schoolpodcasting.com slash 516. That's that $60 microphone that I use. And that was it. And a bunch of free stuff. And um, so I had some comments on that. I had some comments from uh, Max Flight from Airplane Geeks about, uh, he was like, hey, thanks for tuning me into a new podcast. And uh, anything else you would like to talk to, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. You can also call it in. It's 888-563-3228. That number again, 
563-3228. That is courtesy of podcastvoicemail.com. And uh, I will see you next week. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Open registration is well open. I always say that open registration. I guess I should say registration is now open. And he did something again that most boxers don't do. This is horrible. There's a clip. If you go out to schoolpodcasting.com slash five one seven. I hope that's the episode we're on. Yeah.